Um, I want to start off this podcast by cracking cracking a can. <laughs> <sighs> That's all there I wanted is. to do. Yeah, pouring it over cracking some ice. A can. Well, we can start if let's, you would like with what's in your mug. What's in your mug? Well, actually, let's. Uh, this is the first time we've sat down together in a while. Yeah, we should address so let's, that. Let's do this. Hey, um, who are you? How are you? And what do you do, stranger? <laughs> Yeah, uh, my name is Matt Pfeiffer. I uh, I'm well. Mm-hmm. I have been focusing on uh, my career a little bit, and you know, I think we both have. So that's yeah. sort of where we've been for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, what do I do? Uh, well, I'm a software engineer. You've heard me talk about my place of employment plenty of times, but. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm starting to expand my horizons. I'm starting to kind of look towards the future and, and ask the question, what do I want to do long term? Um, so I've been learning a lot of a lot of new programming languages, and that's really exciting. We'll get into yeah, a little yeah. bit because a lot of it is involved in the crypto space. And I know you have questions about that's that. That's mainly so. what I've come here to ask you about. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um all right, Kevin, who are you? How are you? And what do you do? My name is Kevin Miner. I am I'm good, man. I'm I'm ready to go this morning. I've been getting up super early lately. I know. Yeah, again. So and that's I've learned this is my schedule. Like if I get up early most of the time throughout the week, the rest of the week I'm energized. And I go to bed early too. That's great. Like I can't even help it. I'm just passing out. Um and I uh, help run this podcast and the Upstate Coffee Collective with you, and I also do sales for Stacks Espresso Bar. Yes, but, you do. Yeah, and I have a couple pretty cool meetings. I have one with a distributor this week mm-hmm. that I set up, and then um, I have another one with like an upscale restaurant and delicatessen coming Ooh. up on Monday. Yeah, I've been my job for them has been to open doors, and I've been really enjoying learning what that process is like for me mm-hmm. but also learning what that process is like for other people because sales is a really interesting realm i think some people get the wrong impression of it they think it's all like just talking and being like you know charismatic yeah and for some people it might be i'm not saying that that doesn't happen but i am saying that like there's there's a little there's not a little there's there's a lot of extra work that goes into it like there's there's more of a work day than you think about Mm -hmm. and there's also a mindset that you have to be in um that comes pretty naturally to other people but doesn't come naturally to some people like some people just know that they are like good at selling people things like i'm constantly selling you things you know me me yeah, yeah, yeah. like, oh, like yeah. everybody you know like i'm i'm constantly hey it's, check this out i got really in- interested it's in the this. cult yeah. of kevin yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. yeah i'm constantly like i'm like hey matt try this coffee yeah and now here we are you know like uh i'm like i'll go up to someone i'll be like you gotta check out this new band like like then they come oh out. you're always like, pushing music band. on me which yeah. i love yeah yeah so i'm i'm always kind of a salesman but it's because i'm just passionate about interesting things yeah and i think you're i think you're right 
when it when it comes to you know how people perceive sales yeah. uh, i think in your situation and even like in the in the small amount of experience i have selling at least well you know the coffee that we created mm-hmm. um i've gone to business owners and sat down with them and talked to them about our purpose and and our mission statement and you know this project that we put together but you know most of the conversation is what you know what do you need you know what yeah. what could what could be better about your coffee program or whatever you know and you That's fill the in the blank question it really is yeah. and i think it what it did for me it, again limited experience but it opened my eyes to seeing that every business owner is a person yeah. and that person is also swimming in water that they're unsure where the next like dock is or yeah. or li- like land is you know yeah. they're constantly waiting and wondering is this going to work out no matter how established they are yeah that's especially coffee sales and if you're selling wholesale to a retailer or to someone who's going to take a product you've created and then sell it directly to a consumer yeah right um Mm -hmm. that conversation is always going to be kind of like that of course there's another realm of sales that's like a whole other world of like here's you know, the next seven years and how we can just bring you more and more into the black by existing, right? Sure. There's, the, there's that realm and that's a whole other thing and we don't even need to talk about it because I, I know like a little bit and I have some people I've been like picking their brains mm-hmm. about. Um, but really, you know, I've been doing coffee sales, which is yeah. we're talking to a person, not just a business. Yeah. You know, that person has a need and they know a bunch of other people who have needs and that's why they sell the coffee. Mm-hmm. And... uh I'm making sure that they sell the right coffee in my opinion and <laughs> professional desire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me quickly um let me quickly make this statement or at least like talk to you about the podcast going forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we came to a decision that um we want to go every other week rather than every week because it fits in with our schedule a little better. Yeah. You, you think that's the right thing to do? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, not only that, um, you know, we, we have the caveat that, like, we both, I think we're comfortable letting one or the other record an episode now because we've done yeah. it a few times. Yeah. And so we're comfortable with that. And I, I think there will be weeks where you come to me and you're like, hey, you know, I can grab someone for the podcast. And I'll be like, I can't be there. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, yeah. So it'll be you having a conversation with someone. And there are weeks where you'll you know, I'll probably come to you and I'll go, Hey, I recorded this and just, <laughs> <laughs> just send you like, I know how to edit now, you know, sure, yeah. other things. So like now I think we're a little bit more comfortable where it'll be mostly every other week. Mm-hmm. And if it's not every other week, you know, like, you know, maybe we'll have three weeks in a row or something. Sure. But, uh, I think, I think every other week is a healthy schedule yeah. and I think it'll help us to set up some really interesting guests rolling into the fall and in perpetuity yeah for uh the podcast q or as i like to playfully call it in my own brain the pdq the pdq <laughs> <laughs> i love it yeah um <clears throat> again uh, everything that we do is extra right now for the yeah. upstate coffee collective right like we have lives that we're leading that are becoming more and more complex and more yeah. and more full of responsibilities and we're also the type of people I know this very well about us that we latch on to every new adventure experience experiment that yeah. we come across. So one of the hardest things I think for both of us is setting boundaries and, and being, uh, being healthy about our work ethic. As my therapist says, 
for me, sometimes being my most truthful self is saying no. Yeah. I can't. Are you still going to therapy? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. What is it like once a week or once every other week? It's like once a month. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, 13 months sober, still going to therapy. I wanted to take a moment to, to give a little golf clap oh, to Kevin Miner. You're over a year sober. Yeah. Did you get that sweet chip or coin or? No. Oh yeah, because you're not in. You're not actively well, no, going to meetings. AA. Yeah. yeah, no, I go to AA. That's yeah. great. I go, um, and I'm not anonymous about it for myself. That's true. Yeah, not for other people, obviously, because they, you know, that their preference is their preference. That's why they're there. Sure. Yeah. But uh, I didn't make it about the chip. No, you know? no, and I no. think like at some point someone like I I go to a couple really nice groups, and I I think at some point I'll I'll probably bring it up. Um, and someone will probably hand me one and go, Hey, good job. Because that does mean that there is a symbol represented with it. Yep. But for me, the, the symbol that I was looking for, or rather the, I, I was looking for a feeling, not a symbol. Sure. You know, I was looking for something intangible mm-hmm. that's completely mine with my own sobriety, mm-hmm. not something that I can hold up in the physical world and go, I've done this thing because I do that with, we do, we do that in general with so many things. Yeah. And for me, I've always found that the biggest accomplishments have been moments mm-hmm. rather than objects. Mm. Yeah. I, uh, conversely, I hit five years at my of job. Sobriety. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm less than 20. I'm less than 24 hours sober. <laughs> uh, I hit five years of, of what they call service at my company. Wow. Um, and They're they feel so close to the, really, to the military that it's called service. Yeah. Five years of service. Well, thank yeah. you for your service. Man. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and I got a coin out of it though. They give you, they give you these sweet coins that they have made and they have like a submarine wrapped in an American flag and it says oh, five cool. years of service. Yeah, it is. It is really cool. So I did that for the symbolism and for the token and not for the feeling because well, I feel nice nothing. Well, get that. Yeah. I mean, at least especially at a job where like you're inside so much and you're working on things that you can't share with people. It's probably nice to have something outside of it and go, my job's real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and not only that, they appreciated me. Right. Here's proof of it. Yeah, so that's good. I mean, there's a lot of jobs where they give you a pat on the back and they say, "Hope you stay here." Like, yeah, you know, it's good that they gave you something. Yeah, and they showed that like they do appreciate your service. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, my service. <laughs> 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 I laugh at it. Um, all right, so let's quickly let's get into what's in our mug. Let's chat about what's in our mug. Yeah, yeah these are fancy mugs right now. These are fancy mugs with coffee water ice cubes in them, mm-hmm. as made by the Pfeiffer household. Gotcha. Because you are. A coffee nerd. I know. Professionally I know. and personally. Yes. Um, so what we have, and here's, uh, I actually want to have a really interesting conversation about it because it was kind of revelatory for me in, yeah. in a lot of ways. So we have the newest version of the Stax Banco Gotiti mm-hmm. Snap Chilled Coffee. Yes. Snap Chilled meaning that it went through the process at Elemental Beverage where they brewed it hot and then brought it down to cold real quick. Like that's snap chilled. Boom. It's cold. Yep, right. Yep. Um, so we, I think Ron and Tyler and I have a meeting with, I think his name's Bill, the guy who runs elemental at some point. Um, they're in the process of setting that up. We're going to go out to Boston. We're going to talk to him. I'm really going to get a lot more info on the snap chilled product that yeah. we're selling. Um, but 
it's a really interesting product. And this batch is different from the first one that they got. Mm-hmm. It's different from, I think I've had all three versions of them because we know Nick Rovizzini and he was working at Stack Still. That's when they right. Got their first bit. And then I started just at the end of the second and now we're into the third. Okay. And what's happened is the second to me had the flavor that was most reminiscent of the way that I brewed the Banco Gotiti that we featured, because this is a coffee that we also featured for our Christmas. That's package. right. This is one everybody raved about. This was their Everybody's favorite. Like, this was the best coffee. Yeah, everybody got back to us and they were like, they gave us their opinions on the coffee and they mm-hmm. were like, that Banco Gotiti was the bomb. Yeah. Right? Um, and then the second iteration of it that existed for stacks in the cans was the one that to me tasted as much like me brewing it. Yep. So much so that when I first opened up this can and I actually, like I said to Ron, I was like, I think something's wrong with this. Well, and you, excuse me, you had a couple of your friends also go, they were like, well, they, here's, here's what I've learned. We, and this is actually really, I've relearned this. I didn't learn this fresh. Um, We as people have mental associations that we make. Um, Those form biases in our head. We usually think of biases as like, you have a bias. That's a bad thing. No, biases can be a really good thing. Because biases can also tell us like when we're tasting something that's probably not going to be good for us. Right. There's a lot. Yeah. Biases biases is actually a neutral term. right? Right. It's just... Most of the time that we use it culturally, we're speaking about bad things. But biases in this sense is a good thing. Um, It's a good thing and a bad thing. It's neutral. Uh, So in our mind, I read Banco Gotiti. I read Snap Chilled Coffee. I've had Snap Chilled Coffee. I've had Banco Gotiti. I've had another version of Snap Chilled Banco Gotiti. I am prepared for those three experiences. Yes. And this is a tiny shade of each, but completely its own thing. Yeah, totally. And so my brain, ready for one flavor, received another and was like, no, Mm -hmm. (laughs) cancel this out, which is the bad part of the bias, right? Right. Uh, The bias. Um, So this is, I actually, I found out from Ron, this was actually, uh, he got some really good inside advice. He says, this coffee, if you roast it the way that you normally roast it and it gets snap chilled sometimes the effect that it can have is it can make an extra like like extra bitter like bad bitter right Right. Um, and that's especially with darker coffees that have oil to them things like that like some people have just been having experiences that are make it's their snap chilled coffees coming out subpar this because he roasted it lighter after receiving that information leans into the fruit yeah and not only that since I initially had like my reaction of like, ooh, I I don't know what's going on with this. I I talked to Ron. He then had other people try it, tried it himself. They've like he had like some people basically blind test it. He didn't even tell them what they were having, right? And yep. then they were like, Oh my God, wow, that tastes like plums <clears throat> and blackberry. And like Oh. And he goes, Oh. Good. No, it's just the way that I roasted it. And, yeah, like, and then yeah. he got back to me and we had to have this conversation about the coffee because I've never had a coffee like this one. No, I've never tasted anything like this. No. 
And that's the really, that's where this became kind of a revelatory experience for me because I was like, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going out to st- sell some Snapchilled coffee. I know Snapchilled coffee and I know Bongo Gotiti. I know these. I can sell them. And then when I tasted this, I was like, oh no. But it's not oh no. It's, it's not oh, oh no. cool. Right. Different. Yes. Um, and I've been saying this for a while. Like we've been making the, we've been drawing the parallels. Coffee is the new wine, right? There are a lot of things happening in the coffee world that are reminiscent of craft brewing. Yes. And of like, I, I want to say like late 90s, early 2000s winemaking, right? Yep. There's all these new processes coming in. Uh, malolactic had not yet boomed in the industry. Malolactic processing being a process that uh, Chardonnays will often go through. Okay. That makes them extra buttery. Oh, cool. You ever hear somebody like just, they're like, I love buttery Chard. Well, chances yeah. are you love malolactic fermented Chard. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you just, we don't have the terms because we're just drinking it and saying what we like. Yeah. Um. But this is, so this is a lighter roasted snap chilled coffee that leans more into fruit than any other coffee I've ever had. Specifically, plum. <clears throat> In specifically my mind, what? Plum. And I actually, I gave it to Nick Fernia this week. Okay. I gave him a can. I was like, hey man, enjoy. Tell me what you think. And he was like, oh dude, it tastes like plum wine. And I was like, God damn. Nice. Yeah. Like, so I've I've come from like this weird experience of having my biases formed and thinking of like one thing. And I've realized this happens in coffee everywhere. Yeah. Like we have biases and that's really what we're coming up against, not against, but like what we're, what we're experiencing when we come up and come on, when we talk to and uh, engage in experiences with people who typically have only drank dark roasted coffee their entire life. Mm-hmm. You know, those people, they're like, I like real strong coffee, but really what they're doing is they're, they're brewing too much coffee grounds with too little water and it's too dark. Yes. Right. So, that, but they think that's strong. That's right. what that's the bias that their brain has formed. And this yeah, it, it's so you know, like being people who drink all these kinds of coffees, you don't think about it, but we still have biases. Like we still have a bias in our brain for every realm of coffee experience. Yes. So much so that my initial reaction to this was, "Oh no, there's something wrong." Yes, and yeah, now that... I'm sitting here sipping it, and it took another like it. I had to sit down and actually like pay have attention an internal conversation with my palate yeah and, and be and like go, what are you really yeah. tasting like, are you are you expecting something and getting something else is that why you don't like it? and it turns out yeah that yeah. was the answer i was i was expecting a coffee experience that i had become accustomed to right and i didn't get that and that made me not like it and that actually like not only did it like kind of it was it was actually like a really <laughs> First dad pun of the podcast. It was a bittersweet moment. Uh. <laughs> um, no, it was like, it was, uh, so it was a moment where I was like, oh my God, coffee is changing in a really cool way. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't ready for that next change. And I think that like, I'm not, I'm not saying this is the quintessential product that's going to change the world of coffee, but I, I am saying this experience is going to happen. again. For sure. Right. Well, um, and for, for, and let's be, I'm glad we had it now. <laughs> but let's be let's be like uh what am i trying to say um Blunt. yeah i mean let's be frank this experience is going to happen to people with a lot less experience drinking specialty coffee than yes. we are so somebody 
is going to drink uh, a coffee like this, mm-hmm. expecting one thing, usually, you know, maybe more body, may, maybe yeah. expecting cold brew body yep. and levels of acidity. And they're going to drink this and go, there's something wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Or I don't like this. What is this? Because yeah. of their inherent bias towards drinking coffee and what coffee tastes like to them or what it should taste like. Yeah. Uh, and that happened to me. And I'm an experience. I would say I have a lot of experience drinking and cupping all kinds of coffees from all different parts of the world. Yeah. All different processes. Um, and I was also expecting a certain flavor profile, knowing what the Banco Gotiti tastes like. You have your formed impression of it. You and, have a bias. And I tasted, now that I'm tasting it again, and I know this is a different batch, I believe, than I tasted before, but I'm tasting a lot of lemon acidity, whereas it, it, originally, I probably um, I probably linked that with something bad or something wrong, like yeah. funkiness, fermentation, yeah. which, I mean, th- these are fermented. Uh, this is a Yurgachev that's natural, so it is fermented coffee. Well, yeah. Well, all let's let's get oh, down. Let's, all natural coffee is fermented. We have to repeat that to ourselves yes, every now yes. and then. And, and also, ourselves, yes, it goes through a drying process. There is uncontrollable small amounts of fermentation that happen regardless of whether or not they label it as fermented, right? Actually, very true. That's a big marketing thing. I I would love to take a moment to say all washed coffee is anaerobically fermented. Ta-da! Ta-da! Because it's (laughs) submerged in water and it ferments. I know, I know. Crazy. Um, but the poor I'm, girl at Starbucks yesterday who served me espresso. God bless her. She, well, I had to sit down. Whole other story. My Why are you having espresso at Starbucks? That's I have to ask. <laughs> Reader's Digest version. My car almost caught on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what do you do when your car almost catches on fire? You go to Starbucks. You go to Starbucks. Yeah, yeah. You, you sit need down. To, you eat a cookie and you read you take short a horror stories at Barnes and Noble. That's what I did. <laughs> That's everybody's. That, is that not what you would do? That's that's what I would do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Any anything to keep me relaxed. Okay. So we're drinking this. I'm enjoying the hell out of it now. Me too. Um, I don't necessarily like. I, I'm I'm not. I'm not experiencing or perceiving a lot of fruit. Yeah. I'm so focused on that lemon acidity, kind of right at the front of the palate, mm. but it doesn't finish, um, like. I would expect a natural coffee to finish. It, yeah. You know, it finishes very cleanly. Yeah. And a lot of times you get that kind of funkiness on the end of it. Dude, it, it changed the way having this the second time after talking to Ron and after talking to other people and after like really like re- reckoning the biggest thing I can't emphasize this enough. I had to reckon with my own bias, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> after I had done that and had gotten like we use this phrase lightly, but you know, like after I had gotten over myself essentially, yeah. you know, I was able to go, "Oh, mm-hmm. this is different." And you know what's funny? A similar thing happened with the culture of wine in like the mid 20 teens when rosé blew up oh. because a lot of people who had who learned that they had been drinking blushes for forever they had mm. no idea because they had been drinking pink wine yeah right and rosé comes on to the scene and it it looks like it's just pink wine under a different name now it's 
you know, a wonderful tradition that's been passed down and passed down and passed down and then became a marketing ploy over the past five years. But and it, not only that, it's a wonderful way for people who drink wine to enjoy fresh wine from usually within like it's recommended within that year. Like oh. you when you're drinking rosé, you're not looking for like a 2017 that's not going to be good anymore. Well, right. it might be good, but it's rare. Right? Okay, you're looking, you're looking at a 2020 or a 2021 harvest. Yeah. yeah. A 2020-2021 rosé mm. is going to be in your bottle, and most people don't know that. And so what they were doing was they were treating it like other wines. And they, all these people who had all these biases were bringing them into the the category of rosé and then reacting to the wine based on their bias mm. rather than what the wine itself is yeah which is a really funny once again it's you know it's a wine world parallel because coffee's going through that same it's going through a period that i i would say is really really um like analogous to 2000 to 2020 wine culture and there's going to be a lot of friction i think there's going to be a lot of that Going forward until I don't I don't know what the world looks like when specialty coffee is perceived more like wine mm -hmm. and less like a like the commodity that it's traditionally been perceived as. Well, I think there will be both, right? There will be both perceptions. I think yeah. so. But Still. I again that crossover that gray area of people who are open to trying new and interesting coffee. Yeah. Uh, those people are going to be there. There, there's going to be friction with those people because of their bias towards. Oh well, coffee yes. is this one thing, and that's all it is. And the people who who charge five dollars for a cup of coffee, yeah, those people um, are wrong, or those people can f off because my coffee is, you know, it's just a pick me up in the morning. Yeah, well, that already exists, right? Right, and that exists. Here's another and you know analogy that exists in the beer world there are so many people who are like i just want a straightforward blah 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 you know yeah. like you don't need to give me your you know uh lacto infused sour beer that tastes like you know a uh, milkshake cherry cobbler yeah like right they and, just and, want a friggin lager yeah, do you have a the guy sam who adams in who's like i can't believe you don't have lacto fermented cherry cobbler beer <laughs> like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, you've got both already and that exists in the coffee world too and it, it's it feels like though a lot of the a lot of the guys like if we're talking beer for a second craft beer yeah a lot of the guys who are in their you know thirties on the words guys yeah for <laughs> real guys yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mostly dudes <laughs> dudes middle aged and younger generally were very uh, like the craft beer boom they just jumped right in yeah um i don't know that we can have or i should say i can't i can't necessarily see the same thing for craft coffee in that way where no, there's a boom because coffee has its it, i don't i i wouldn't necessarily consider what's going on a proper specialty coffee boom yet i still think that hasn't right. happened i don't think so either i think there's a movement within coffee mm -hmm. that is geared towards specialty but we haven't had I, I don't think any of the cultural signifiers are there yet like um yep. there's there's like i think there's like cultural milestones where you can then consider like oh. a period of time a boom right yeah yeah and and one of those is 
the the I would say the jargon of specialty coffee entering mainstream uh, vocabulary, right? Yeah. So like a lot of the terms that we use becoming regular terms. The first one of those is Arabica, and that has happened. Thank you, Dunkin' Donuts. Thank you, Newman's Own at McDonald's. You guys have said Arabica ad nauseum. <laughs> And now people associate the term Arabica with quality. Now we have to fight against that because yes. it, it doesn't. No. But but that is a cultural, you know, flag up in the air that goes, Hey, that boom's probably happening and you know, a few years from now we'll go, Well, the boom really started in like twenty eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but um I I but yeah, we it's it doesn't feel like one for us especially yet. No. Because you know, I haven't had to have, sit down and have a conversation with my annoying cousin who's into craft things about anaerobically fermented coffee yet. No. Well, there's the, there's <laughs> two. So bef- just to I don't know, but I don't want to like I don't want to sit on this conversation too yeah, yeah. long. But um, one of the I think the two uh, categories of, you know, coffee description or you know yeah like descriptors yeah that people i i hope will latch on to um are gonna be the process and the variety okay that's what i think right now when people go i'm drinking a coffee and you and you go oh like what coffee mm-hmm. they'll go like oh it's like a medium roasted coffee or they'll be like oh it's yes. a colombian coffee yes. right well okay w- what do you mean a colombian coffee like the colombia variety and they'll be like huh because it be because people you oh, know yeah. like like wine is that way where you go what am i drinking or what are you drinking oh i'm drinking a well, pinot grigio which yes. is a variety of wine yes well and coming back to that um I think, like like we had said earlier, I think both opinions are always going to be there. You're you're always going to have the person who's just buying the thing, right? Uh huh. Like my my big joke in the wine world is like, there's there's people who come in and ask for Sauv Blanc, yep. right? And I know what they want, right? There's people who come in and, and just say a dry Pinot Grigio, and you you can hand them a bottle and know that it's a dry Pinot Grigio, and they got everything that they wanted out of that. Totally. And then there's people who ask for a region in Italy. Yeah. And that then you know, okay, that person asked for, you know, they were like, do you have anything from Puglia? And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, you're a different, you know, and the yeah. same thing in coffee. There's the guy who comes in and he's like, actually, there's there's multitudes now because coffee's a different beast altogether. But you, you have the person who comes in and they're like, light roast or dark roast? Right. right. And then you have the person who comes in and they're like, do you have the coffee that tastes like marshmallows? Right. <laughs> and then and you're like, you're like, hopefully he's not talking about flavors, but usually they're not. No. You know? Yeah. Um, and then you've got people who are like, well, do you have any single origins? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, and then they're like, all right, well, are they micro lots? And like, you yeah. Know? And so. There's a lot of different qualifiers, but I think what'll happen in coffee culture that happened in wine culture years ago, mm-hmm. once again, I'm you know referencing something that's already happened in wine, is that the specificity will 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 figure out in a marketing sense in a way that like makes sense like from uh, a producer to consumer, right? Um, we'll we'll find a way that makes sense where like we say less of that, mm-hmm. right? Because 
everybody knows how specific coffee can get. I think now we're going to go through a period where we trim down the specificity qualifiers for most people into realms that they understand. So when they go in, not only do they understand why they're buying a $4 cup of coffee, but they understand it without saying 30 words. You know? The 80-20 principle, right? Yeah, exactly. You want to give them 80% of the things that matter and the 20% that still matters, but it, you know... It's there, but you don't have to write it. It's there, but you don't have to write it. Exactly. You don't have to push it in their face if they want to learn more. Yeah. That's what, you know, in our case, the, the info cards are for or the back of a bag or... The the other 20 is for the people who want it. Yeah, who yeah. are actively searching for it. Well, and if we could pat ourselves on the back, I think we were on to the right thing because other companies are doing that. I now, know. Right? Which I is know. great. No, That's it is great. great. You, you, I mean, yeah, I know. I know my. Let's pat know, ourselves on the back. Come on. Yeah, no, That's my, a good thing. my response to that, my reaction was like, oh, because like, I know like, given the, you know, given the financials, I, you know, if, if we had the, the, resources yeah. we could have done something and we still can do something well, amazing yeah, yeah, with yeah, yeah, yeah. it yeah, yeah. no you know? if anything we're, we're sharpening our teeth on these experiences i mean watching look at, look other at people Ron picked up virgil estate for guava banana yeah right? yeah and we ran with that we we're like oh my god it's amazing look at all the companies working with them now yeah right? and like, i and i that, and that makes me happy because to, i yeah, know that me, like there is that little bittersweet of like i wish we had more money we could have done so much more but at the same time i'm like but that's not the way it is yeah so like yeah for matt and kevin Five years from now, we'll be like, oh, yeah, we can do everything we want, right? Well, then, and and back to why. And we'll be looking back on this. You're right. And yeah. back to the why of yeah. it all is people like the Biter brothers are better off because we spent months, you know, introducing I our know. region to their... Coffee. To their, yeah, to their... To who to they them. are. Yeah. <laughs> and all of... And, and, and everything that they're putting into yeah. their their craft and their livelihood and they're great man i mean they're great um there there have been a few people that have uh started to describe those things as like social media producers but i think that's a little bit of another bias rearing its head yeah um, a little bit and you know like i i think it's not that they're social media producers it's that they're producers who are young enough to recognize the capability of social media to connect them because if you don't have social media what you have is old school media that moves slower and gets your information out over a longer period of time and you might not be you know succeeding by the time you're failing and you're going slow that that methodology is more centralized it puts power in other people's hands like yeah exporters and importers yeah. people that maybe you you're don't not getting yourself out there right yeah being able to use social media allows these uh allows these companies and these families and these people to rely on themselves and to to rely on themselves to tell their stories yeah. authentically yes. um and obviously not everybody can do that. Sure, we're talking sure. about farmers, you know, like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously we're not saying every, all farmers should get on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, but it's cool. But, like, like to, no, it's cool that they did. But, and it's cool to see what came out of it. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think of unblended coffee. Yeah. They do a great job and, and they have also connected with people in our, you know, in our inner circle and outer circle. Yeah, um, uh, Nick, Nick Fernia is doing a little work with them. Yeah. Yep. He yep. actually, he got some, they actually saved him a bunch of money on shipping 
Did because, they? Yeah, because like they're they're not just like they're they're actually analyzing like how their coffee goes places and mm-hmm. what it's going to cost for them and the person who receives it. Interesting. A, a little more personally than uh you know once again they're they're finding ways to put more power into their hands and good for them. Yeah. Right? And that and that's it. Not it's not that everybody has to do that, but it's good that they have. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. So. Speaking of putting power into people's hands, what I messaged you about <laughs> and what I wanted to talk to you about this week, I actually, I was going to set us up to talk to uh, Izanagi. Yes. We've had some really good information, good interaction with uh, only on social media, going mm-hmm. back to social media. Um, he's a great instrumentalist, guitarist, like producer. He's young and he's doing really cool shit. And I love listening to his music. It really like... It's soothing. It's not lo-fi and it's not polyphia, but somehow it's both, you know? <laughs> Ooh. Um, yeah, right? I love both. Right? Me yeah, too. Yeah, that's great. Uh, <laughs> love that. So, yeah. Uh, so he, we were going to, I was going to set up to chat with him and then I had an experience this week that I'll describe real quick and then we'll get into a really cool conversation about the future and technology. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, that's your, my, that's, that's my jam. bag, baby. That's your jam. Yeah, that's my yeah. jam. <laughs> uh, that is your bag. So I, I am a good friend of Matthew Pfeiffer. I normally tell Matthew what's cool. Matthew told me what's cool with NFTs yeah, and, and cryptocurrency. And then this week, an NFT discord that I'm a part of. I'm on, like, by the way, I can't say that I don't use social media anymore because discord is my social media. Discord's massive. Discord is my social media. Yeah. And what I realized is it's a very controlled and huh. who's hold on. We, we have, we have a special guest. It's Chris Kerr. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, going back to, so you talk to me about this so crypto situation. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Gary V Gary Vaynerchuk. Yep. Guy, you love him. I, I love him now. Yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah. He's out for everybody's best interest. Gary V threw something out there and I just knew it was like a good thing. Mm. Like I knew it was a good idea. It was um it was Mike Micah Pittman, the okay. NFL player. It was a collectible NFT. Um at first I you know, I approach everything with a level of skepticism. You As know you should. how I am. Yeah, I'm got to. I am a true to form healthy skeptic. Yep. Right. I'm always asking questions. I was like, all right. So I'm having my own internal question asking as I click the link and I'm like, okay, well, here's the link. Here's the thing. Gary V sent it. So I know it's, you know, official. It's from him. Like yep. it's not, it's not some random person in the discord touting something. It's not a scam. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 21, 14 us dollars. So $21 it's a, yeah, and 14 cents. That's it's not a little Michael Pittman NFT. There's only like, I think, uh, like I think there was 1900 of them or something. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they're yeah. going for sale. They're already down to, 1020 okay i'm like all right cool well whatever you know there's a, a there's a thousand and twenty of these left let's buy one 2114 yep. i click it and it goes looks like you need a wallet i'm like i have a wallet i'm i click the thing so i could i was expecting it to be like would you like to use apple pay and i was like <laughs> i'm like yeah 2114 let's do it you know and i click the thing and this is the oldest i've felt in a long time I I was like I need a wallet and then me of course I'm like oh I need cryptocurrency wallet but then I can like use my bank account so mm. I set up the cryptocurrency wallet by the time I got that set up there's like 735 left yeah and I'm like oh my god these are gonna sell real fast now uh, is it this yeah, yeah, yeah okay yeah, okay yeah. okay yeah yeah so then yeah Micah Pittman okay twenty dollars yeah. and twenty one cents oh there we go twenty 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 one right yep <laughs> perfect so then. 
I'm like, all right, I got the wallet set up. I've got my bank account info set like attached to a wallet. I can purchase this thing. Yeah. Right. I go to purchase it. It's like you need Ethereum, and I was like. <laughs> Okay, let's figure it out. I need Ethereum. It's like, all right, cool. Well, the lowest you know interaction I can make to purchase Ethereum is a hundred dollars, right? Which equates to about. There's the about. It's congruent. Yeah, yeah. yeah to till uh, day, right? Yeah, to uh, to a point oh two uh, Ethereum, right? Is a right. hundred bucks. But I know that that translates to the dollar sign in the ethereum world sure so that putting a hundred bucks into this means that i would then have 21 20 or 2021 to purchase this and then some extra to play around with for some nfts yep uh so i go to do it and i eventually like i'm like oh i, I should probably check the link and see if this is even going to be worth it and i check the link it's sold out i'm like oh yeah, I yeah. Miss the boat because I had not adapted early enough to purchase this NFT, which would have been my first NFT. Which is exciting. Which is exciting. And I was really hoping that I could message you and then go, Matt, I've got an NFT. Yeah. And because, but because I had refused, I once again, here, here we are. Here's a cultural bias I've formed. Is like, oh, I'll get to it when I get to it. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know, like I'm I'm good with those kind of things. I'm progressive. I think ahead. No. <laughs> like I've been wrong about coffee this month and I've been wrong about technology. Yeah, yeah. So so let's let's I'm going to sit back here. I'm going to get oh, comfortable. You're, yeah, you're not only are you getting comfortable, you're getting a little confident over there. All right. I'm, we're talking <laughs> your realm now. Yeah, we're we're in my realm right well, now. Well, so this made me then message you because I missed out. I was like, "All right, well, let's talk about missing out on that NFT." Mhm. Mm there will always be more. There will always be more. What that means, you know, like what what all of that means. Let's break down the elements of that. But more so, you've been doing AMAs about cryptocurrency and you've been learning how to code mm -hmm. on the blockchain. I, I have, which yeah. Which is the system that supports nfts cryptocurrency like, totally. like all of it is supported by this and not only that i'm i'm going to just throw this out i, I say coffee is the wine of the future boo that's my prediction boo. <laughs> whatever it is you know i'm i'm nostradamus coffee is the wine <laughs> of the future yep cryptocurrency is the economy of the future like okay yeah well, right, I'm sure so at some point somebody was like yeah well every every card's gonna have a chip in it someday and people are like Pfft. I'm not putting a chip in my card. Now they come and they fumble with it at stores all the time. Yep. Yeah. All right. So cryptocurrency, currency of the future. Yes and Matt, no. <laughs> yes and no. Matt, what's cryptocurrency? Yeah. Well, yeah. So I didn't, I never, what's never my, yeah. So never my wildest dreams did I think I was going to have this conversation on this podcast, but I'm excited to. So, Me too. Um, so uh, what, what people generally know of this realm are cryptocurrencies like yes. Bitcoin. People know what Bitcoin is at this point because crypto is having a, as you called it, a cultural moment, right? Where the flags have gone up. Yeah. The flags have gone up. And if you're on Twitter, you see lots of people with blue check marks, like, uh, about yeah, asking, hey, I just bought my first you know, Ethereum or I, Hey, I just bought my first NFT. So the, what is cryptocurrency? Well, um, before I, before I can say what cryptocurrency is, I need to talk about the fact, uh, that those cryptocurrencies exist only because of a, 
of technology called the blockchain. Yes. A blockchain is like a database that instead of it being housed in one location, like on a server somewhere, or ha- you know, owned by a certain company, a blockchain is a database that is a peer-to-peer network that is not only uh, owned and validated by everybody that exists uh, and interacts with that blockchain, um, but it is also secure. It is, uh, it, it, it is, I mean, I guess, I guess I shouldn't have even said not only because what, what I'm trying to say is people, you know, people think about cryptocurrencies and blockchains and they, they go, ah, I don't know. It's just this thing that people made on the internet and people are giving it value because it's, the, you which know. is, if we were to jump back in time far enough, the story of the U.S. dollar. Sure. Well, right? and, it's and the same concept. And any comp. What was any, the U.S. dollar if not a peer-to-peer network in this country that was validated by all of the users on that peer-to-peer network? Well, I, at well, the time, sort just, sort of. I mean, I mean, but it was issued by the government. I'm being a little bit reductive. Sure, but, sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, so all right. I, d- it doesn't I didn't, matter who issues it. I mean, what I'm saying is like people put their faith in the yeah. blockchain the same way that like on the back of the dollar bill it says we put our faith like oh, the dollar costs what the dollar e costs pluribus because, unum because and, we put uh, our faith in it yeah 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 i mean it, that's that's how everything works right a, yeah. a, a sack of rice is is worth whatever right i mean 100 bucks sure whatever <laughs> Um, so i didn't exactly answer the question so let me yeah, let me get back to it so so a blockchain is a peer-to-peer network, right? Validated, uh, it's trustless, it's secure. Yes. Um, nobody can, nobody can mess with it. Yeah. Uh, it is just a piece of software that was created um, academically and then released into the wild, and it just exists. And people interact with it, right? Mm-hmm. So cryptocurrencies are tokens that are created on that network mm-hmm. that people can exchange. Yes. Um, for services or items or whatever. Yeah. Um, and they are given value based on their scarcity. They are made purposefully scarce. There's only so many, in this case, if we're talking Bitcoin, there is like 31 million Bitcoins in existence. Yes. Uh, most of them have been mined already. There is a handful that have not been mined. Mm-hmm. What is mining? Well, somebody needs to be able to validate all the transactions that happen on the blockchain so that everybody has a copy of this ledger of transactions, yep. right? And we all agree that that you know X number of transactions have happened, right? We can all mm-hmm. say we are all looking at the same ledger yep. so that everybody is made... Um, what that does is it validates the currency correct. itself. Yeah, 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 exactly. So... A cryptocurrency is just a store of value that people in the digital world can can uh, send and receive to each other. Yeah. And so that's where things started, right? Yeah. Well, the next logical step is like, what kinds of goods and services can we create on the internet uh, that people can interact with and use tokens or currencies as a means of distributing value and and work and And that's starting to see people request nfts ethereum bitcoin for services provided on the internet that's right yeah so like so ethereum so block so sorry bitcoin bitcoin is at this point it's just like digital gold it's a store of value it doesn't do much else yeah 
Ethereum has blown up in the last five years or so because that network has uh, created something called smart contracts. And so on the Ethereum network, you can create applications like decentralized finance. Mm -hmm. You can create games. You can do, uh, you can create NFTs, which are, they said NFT stands for non-fungible token. Fungible is a funny word, but it means basically it is a unique token that is validated as uh, not only, um, so it's like verified, it's like praised. it's right. It's like proof of purchase yeah. certificates on the blockchain and everybody can see based on the blockchain, the ledger that everybody has a copy of yeah. who owns what. Yeah. A good analogy is like, if you go to an auction and you purchase a like piece of art, mm-hmm. they give you a certificate from that auction That's saying right. you own that piece of art, sure. a non fungible token alongside with the smart contract are what prove that you owned that thing. Right. And a lot of NFTs are actually taking the form of art currently. Yeah, yeah. And and so some people call it in reductionist and and you know kind of like tongue in cheek trading JPEGs. And a lot of people yes. will go like well a lot of people who have no expertise in this realm yeah. will pretend to have expertise in this realm because they have the ability to click, copy, and paste sure. something that literally everyone in the world can do. Right click, save as, yes, right? But what they could not do after that would be to produce the smart... It's like someone saying, well, that's fine. I can paint. I'll repaint that picture. And you're like, cool. Do you have the certificate from the auction house? And they go, no. Yeah. <laughs> now, right. So you could ask the question, you know, well, what no, What do you mean you own that JPEG? Look, I just copied and pasted. Now I, now own, I it. own it. No, you don't. An NFT <laughs> is not the JPEG. The NFT is a pointer yes. that says, look, here is the here's the, the proof the of purchase yeah. that this person, wa- you know, transacted on the blockchain. They sent yes. money and they received this token. Yes. And your copy paste is not happening on the blockchain. So why? So <laughs> let me ask. So yeah, why are we talking about this? Well, think about how you know what I can't stop thinking about is yeah. how many people have like a poster of Starry Night in their door door right room, right you know like but that Starry Night doesn't have value no not at all it, it's <laughs> I mean it's, it's worth it's, like what four bucks at Spencer's probably like thirty four cents wholesale for the materials <laughs> for the materials to create it yeah, yeah not the art yeah. <laughs> And you can make uh, there's there's a whole Twitter feed that I'll I'll have to like link you to, but it's yeah. it's it's debunking all of these like very easy straw man arguments about NFTs. Well, that's and what I they get are, it, the straw man arguments. And I get it. It's uncomfortable. It's strange. It's new. It's new. Yeah. But NFTs are having um, their their cultural moment. Yeah. I just saw yesterday that Steve Harvey, you know Steve Harvey, the guy from Family, uh, Feud. Family Feud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His profile picture is an nft stop it yes oh my god he bought he bought a uh, solana uh, monkey business nft so i love this so yeah he bought an nft on the solana network which and is Steve akin Harvey to e- ethereum is old yeah so he's if, not a young guy yeah so if you ain't adapting to nfts the way that steve harvey is you old i mean that's Twitter, also reductionist it is whatever <laughs> i don't care it's for the sake of comedy twitter is a great place to see how quickly nfts are blowing up they and really are. and crypto in general the adoption is huge um that's so, why i wanted to message you and say i yeah. bought my first one i was like oh yeah I'll we can get this. you one there's there's stuff we can find for well you. i have a wallet now <laughs> yes so <laughs> yeah. i yeah, i was looking at the at the the website so this is you called bitsky, bitsky. 
Bitsky.com. And Ooh. it looks like Bitsky has their own wallet. They do. And yeah. And, and so what to- you would have to do is set up that wallet and transfer Ethereum over to that. Now, oh. the wallet I got, I actually found out after the fact, uh, New York State doesn't allow me to do Ethereum purchases yet for the wallet that I signed up for. Did you use like... Um, it was like Coinbase or something. Well, Coinbase you can use. I forget what it was. It was it was another one, and now I'm going to... I'm I'm actually probably going to end up spending an afternoon organizing now that I've like, you know how I am now that I've committed to this, I'm going to spend an afternoon not only like organizing, but disseminating information about NFTs and Ethereum so that I can get in on this because it just seems fun. First off, I love the idea of collectibles. I also what I love more than the idea of collectibles are collectibles that don't take up physical space. Yeah. To me, that's the bomb mm-hmm. because I don't like cluttered spaces, right? You know, I'm not I'm the, the same type of person way, who's going to put a bunch of stuff up on the walls and go, look at all the stuff. Yeah. I think the only thing that I like seeing, like cl- like filling up wall to wall, are books. And that's just same. a personal preference because I'm a big ass nerd. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like collectibles, I dude, I would love it if I could have things that commemorate the things that I love in a f- digital form that represent a certain amount of value on the blockchain. Yeah. So for me, like having that realization, I was like, oh yeah, Ethereum's like, that's where I'm going to be. Yeah. I, w- I want some of that stuff. Yeah. And, so. and Ethereum has uh, a certain level of criticism right now because um, transaction fees mm-hmm. exist, right? Yeah. In order, you have to, basically everything that gets validated yeah. on every blockchain has either miners or stakeholders or, or, or some some party that is uh, that securing and validating the blockchain yes. constantly. So every time there's a transaction, you have to basically, it's like a bus, right? And in order to get on that bus, yeah. you have to bribe the driver. And if mm-hmm. a lot of people need to get on the bus at the same time, then people will be bribing the the bus driver with more money to get on that bus because there's again limited space so because nfts and you know all of these new applications they're called dApps, decentralized apps mm-hmm. on ethereum's network mm-hmm. because there's so much traffic the friggin transaction fees are through the roof so if you wanted yeah. to you you wanted to buy like a 12 dollar thing right yeah. or 21 dollars um, a lot of times, you know, y- you can you can buy I don't know an NFT on Ethereum for let's say 0.01 Ethereum, which is like a couple hundred bucks, right? Yep. Um, the transaction fee for that will be like a hundred dollars sometimes. Oh, so, so it'll you, be another 0.01 Ethereum, right? So, so you end up spending two hundred bucks on the thing that should have cost you one hundred. That's right, and it's insane, right? And so a lot of people are moving to other networks because they have less traffic and maybe they have like different setups and uh, transaction speeds and yeah. whatever there's reasons to to move around but it's just really interesting that regardless of where you stand on what platform you use in general culture we had what we call nft summer nft summer we happened. did have nft summer it was the, massive the guy from the new york times released his first uh nft right he yep. did he did a new york times article yep. he turned it into an nft yep. he got it verified and he sold it and I think it ended up selling for like seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Oh it was yeah, valued at right. Yeah, and the guy Stupid who money. purchased it was from Dubai. 
and he was able to get in touch with him. He couldn't do an interview, but he said, why did you purchase this? And he goes, well, because it's a piece of history. Yes. And he's like, so that the value on this specific one is never going to go down. It's only going to go up because of its significance, which gets into. And I think the thing that's really uncomfortable for a lot of people and what they have a hard time reckoning with, even though they can't find the words for it, Mm -hmm. is that it it creates a point in time at which you have to reckon with the value of things and money and how we create value for symbols mm-hmm. in a way that we haven't had to do before. Yeah. Like when the government gives you money and you say certain things are worth certain things because the government says so, you're removing your responsibility from understanding the value on a core level. Yeah. Right? You're yeah. you're having you're having uh, economics light, right? Yeah, you're yeah. having that interaction. But once you get into this realm of nfts and things that where you're purchasing currency to then go purchase other things that are represented by that currency mm-hmm. you're becoming an investor yourself and yes. a lot of people aren't naturally predisposed to being investors right. themselves they might even find someone else who is their investor that's why there's hedge fund managers yes because there's people with tons of money and they don't want to feel responsible for it and know? i should and say I should not only that they don't consider maybe they don't consider themselves responsible to handle yes it either. well know, and, and I should say this entire space is speculative like we can yeah. just do, we can straight up say like I'm super bullish on the a future that involves nfts blockchain technology in general me too um but that's not to say that if you are buying ethereum Bitcoin, uh, Cardano, Solana, like whatever. If you're buying cryptocurrencies and then interacting on those blockchains yep. and maybe even investing in projects, it's a new space. Mm-hmm. We're like, kind of living in like a dot com bubble 2.0, right? Yeah. Um, and so there is in a lot of inherent risk. So if you're risk averse, if you can't stomach putting money into something that will go up and down, but over time, I mean, historically, up. Overall. up much more than a yep. savings account or even a lot of people's 401ks yeah. by like 10x. Uh, I, you know, the, if, you, if you are trying to take your life savings and put it into crypto, I don't recommend it because you, you might lose it. You might lose it all, yeah. especially if you don't know what you're talking about, if you don't have any experience there. So only invest money, and this is not financial advice, only invest money you are willing to lose. That being said, yeah, no, 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 that is financial advice. That's financial advice everywhere. Only invest money that you feel comfortable losing. And that's a personal thing. That's subjective, right? That is sound financial advice. If you are making an investment, make sure it's an investment you're comfortable with. Period. Yes, yeah. but I'm not a financial advisor. And I no. don't pretend to play one on the internet. That is a that is legal advice. <laughs> that yeah, is a legal yeah. just you, legal you, jargon. Legal arm, <laughs> your, your legal stiff arm. Um, I want I want to make one more. Uh, I want to make one more argument for NFTs. If I haven't convinced anybody listening right now, and I yeah. should say that they're they're complicated and they're strange and they're new, and I very highly advise you to like go learn about it and understand. That's why they're probably, interesting and valuable. That's probably the thing we advise the most is go learn. Go, yeah, do <laughs> yeah, do your own learn. research, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but if I haven't convinced you that we had that <sighs> NFTs and crypto had a cultural moment this summer, then let me introduce you to something called autograph.io. 
Ooh. Go to autograph.io. This okay. is and this is not a sponsor. Yeah. I wish they were. Autograph.io. Uh-huh. Go to their about page. So this is a, another sort of memor- memorabilia yeah. NFT thing. So it's about sports and entertainment. You can get cool memorabilia. Oh God, whoever started that up. Is I'll tell you who started who it up. It. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. I mean, the, the so the management team aren't, aren't very familiar names. But if you look at the board of directors. Matthew McConaughey. Tom Brady. Ah, oh, damn it. Richard Rosenblatt, whoever that is. Eh, whatever. A board of directors. Da, 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 da. So one of the board of directors Tom is Brady. Tom Brady. Board yeah. of advisors. Tiger Woods. Oh, God. Derek Jeter. What? Wayne Gretzky. Oh, my God. Naomi Osaka. Uh, Peter Goober. Uh, Tony Hawk. Oh, my God. Paul Lieberman. You won was, me over with Tony Hawk. I know. You, you don't even Paul have to Lieberman, further. president and co-founder of DraftKings. Oh, um, what? Simone Biles. Here's what I'll say. If the president and owner of DraftKings is saying to do something on the internet, he's probably right. Yeah. So, like, I mean, if he's making an investment in a realm, that dude's smart. Yeah. Like, I've, I don't even like fantasy football, and I respect the hell out of that dude. Oh, my you God. Know? Yeah. Like, yeah. DraftKings oh did my great. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, so my point is, uh, yes, NFTs and crypto <laughs> are having two white guys get hyped I about know, the internet. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Not only are things like this happening in entertainment and sports, yeah. So you got to watch out for that. Crypto and in, in, in entertainment and sports is going to be huge. The yeah. other one is crypt uh, NFTs and gaming. Okay, oh, yeah. NFTs and gaming are going to be huge. They're going to blow up. And video hey, games blew up over the past 10 years more than I ever thought they would. Like, I oh, thought video games e-sports? had already blown up. Esports? Right, yeah. Massive. Yeah, Tournaments. and now there's going to be tournament-based NFTs. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, not only are you going to get, you know, a check. Just... Yeah, you just... I yeah, just, just raspberry dr- into this. Just, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Worth yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> not only are you going to get, like, a big check when you win a tournament, but you're going to get some... You know, so an NFT it's uh, that's like a skin. Memorabilia. Well, yeah. So yeah. think about video games and skins and uh, skins for people who don't play video games because they're not giant man children like us. That's uh, <laughs> how your character looks in the game. Yep. So when your kid comes up and asks you for V bucks for Fortnite so he can be a pink panda, that's what a skin is. Mm-hmm. The pink panda is the skin. And you know what? I mean, that stuff is valuable because it's scarce. Yeah. So if you see somebody with a skin that only 10 people in the world have because that person, like, let's say, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm going to throw yeah, it out. What's crazy about that is like, with, if it's an NFT and it's on the blockchain, you'll be able to sell it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so be... what will end up happening is you'll see people buying skins off of their favorite gamers who are now celebrities. Yes. Like the world, uh, the, the, I think the bigger conversation that we're having is that the world is shifting in a digital way. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and and that that shift has a digital seismic scale. Yes. And I think everybody's felt it rumble enough now that like we're all kind of going, where's the epicenter of that? And oh, like, yeah. the epicenter is, in fact, you know, it's the blockchain. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Like everybody's feeling the blockchain move. Yeah. And all of us are looking around and some people are going, that's the blockchain moving. And other mm-hmm. people are going, what is that thing? I don't know. I'm going to go back to life. You yes. Know, I have, I've been saying in inner circles for a while that blockchain is going to be the next internet boom. Like yeah. we're taking I'm with you. Right? Like we had we had the early 2000s where do, everybody put .com at the end of their of their business's name and their stock prices flew or whatever, right? Yep. Because there were rumblings of this new 
technology that we had never really interacted with before that had so much potential. Yes. That's blockchain. And the best part about it, in my opinion, is that with the dot-com boom, all of the power was was concentrated with yep. big companies. With this decentralized concept here, yeah. The the power can be centralized, or sorry, the power the power can is not concentrated. It's, it's yes, yeah. it is in. It yes, can be. It can be yeah. in your well, hands. Well, and that's the thing that makes some people afraid of it is that then if the power is in your hands, so is the responsibility if you fail. Mm, yes, yeah, Spider Man. What, yeah. The what's the Spider Man thing? Uh, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. Exactly. <laughs> but that's what it is. You know, like if yeah, you're yeah. going to take, if you're going to grab for that mm. for that individual. Uh, individualized power that you can have now in the digital space you're also accepting the responsibility yeah. the risks and rewards that come along with it and for some people that still is very uncomfortable yeah and i actually i'm gonna say for everybody that's always uncomfortable to some degree even yes. the people who put on the best poker face in the world they're still hoping you know that two of clubs is being flipped over on the next hand yes. you know on the on the river yeah like yeah they're still looking for that thing um, and there's, st there's still every, I think everybody has risk reward, uh, reactions. Mm -hmm. Um, some people a little stronger than others, but you're, you're right, dude. I think the blockchain is the way that things are moving. And I think, uh, you know, it's, it's only going to decentralize things for so long, mm -hmm. you know, because eventually, like, as we've seen, the shift is that then regulation does come in and we, ev and then by the time everybody else is filtering into this, the SEC will be involved. Ugh, they right? already are. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. They're it's like suing. By the time millions and millions and millions of people are going, oh, I've got my first Ethereum, the SEC's already got their hands on yeah, it. Yeah, the SEC... And you're, it's not going to be the same. The SEC uh, sued Ripple, XRP, mm -hmm. um, and that's been... They've been litigating for a long time, and they threatened to sue Coinbase because Coinbase wanted to uh, start using a lend feature where you can basically earn passive income or, or uh, What's, interest uh, on your crypto? Well, <laughs> well, we know why the SEC is going to so sue Coinbase for that. Yeah, because <laughs> they... Credit card companies. And banks. Yeah, their, because biggest, their biggest clients. Yeah, so the you SEC, have... That's, that's another thing, too, in the whole other conversation. The SEC has clients. They have a Do they? I don't understand base. their whole structure. I mean, well, structure. yeah, their clients are the people who fund the things that make the SEC the dominant regulatory exchange uh, commission thing like the the thing that upholds them as a symbol of exchange are is powerful you know uh influential economic entities yeah and so those are their biggest clients credit cards anything is banks. a threat to them yes credit cards banks did you know here's a fun fact that i learned this week did you know that you can be penalized for paying off your credit cards in a lump sum no yeah they your credit score can go down if you pay off say you have like a thousand dollars in credit card fees mm -hmm. your credit score can go down if you pay off that thousand dollars because credit card companies want you to have outstanding credit to show that you can have credit i guess rather yes. than just showing that you're a responsible person who can pay it off now right and that's that's not that's like a newer thing that's like within the past 20 years and that I heard that for the first time this week and was like, that's fucking stupid. Yeah. And that also that also motivated me to go, cool, how do I have more power with my purchasing ability as a person? Because I care. Yeah. I'm you know, like I want to have the more power I can have for purchasing and not having to rely on a creditor, the better. 
Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not somebody that you want to model your credit card uses usage off of. I've been carrying credit card debt for most of my adult life yeah. in various amounts, and yeah. yet I have an almost perfect credit card uh, or a perfect credit rating because, because you've been carrying the debt. Because I carry the off. debt and pay it, and I pay my my payments every month, and I a lot of times well, will eat the want. interest payments. Right, well, you're the ideal. You're the ideal credit oh, yeah. card holder. They love actually. Me. Yeah. So you are someone that people should take their credit card advice off of because the way that you handle them is the way the credit card companies want people to handle. I guess them. so. It's maybe not the way that makes us feel the most comfortable as human beings. Well, and you're right? wa- a lot of people because you're in debt. You're wasting money too. That's the thing. You're paying the interest because you're paying interest, well, and that's where i said that's fucking stupid yeah it's just, is i was like so they want you to always pay interest sure yeah they want to make money they make money right so that's how they yeah and, and like it's all like there's always a vested interest by the person who holds the most power on any system yes the blockchain we're lucky enough that there's not an oversight like that yet and there well, are still transaction fees yeah and the so the fight is gonna be between well there shouldn't be any control because that's the whole idea of decentralization yes including on the internet so there's the and internet the people who are the most vocal against it are people who benefit the most from centralized finances yeah yeah, yeah. well and just general the status quo right yeah. people have built their lives around creating creating right power for themselves in a centralized area and yeah. so when you're taking something like DeFi, decentralized finance yep which has a long way to go. Don't get me wrong, but at this point, you can take money in some coin of so, sorry, some form of cryptocurrency and you can stake it in like a staking pool or like a uh I, I forget what they call it, but you can put money into a decentralized finance app, a dapp, mm-hmm. and you'll earn anywhere between 4 and 7% interest by just keeping your money there. And by the way, there's no like for most services, there's no like time limit. It's not like a CD where like you have to leave it in there. You can pull it out whenever you want, but you're making 7% APY on your money. Whereas if I put my money in my savings bank account, account at KeyBank, I'm making 0.01% interest or something ridiculous. Yeah. And even in a CD, so it's like 0.08. It's not that much. It's yeah. Or 0.1%. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, yeah. so yeah. Banks are going, Oh, what do you mean? It's, I also, I should throw this down. I, for the first time in, in a decade, got a credit card this week. Whoa. Yeah. I had paid off so much debt this year, and I'm actually really glad I didn't have a credit card because I would have paid that off and experienced a financial like penalty from sure, it. Sure, yeah. But I paid off... I paid off debts in lump sums this year, like thousands of dollars. Like mm-hmm. there were two months in the past year where I paid off like six grand. Good for in you. Debt. Yeah. In both months and was like, it was the most amazing feeling. And I was so glad to get those letters that were like, yeah, you have no more debt here. Yeah. And I was like, great. Yeah. So I got a credit card and that's when I learned that they want me to have outstanding credit card debt. So I'm always paying the interest on it, mm-hmm. which is basically like, an extra service fee. So like credit card companies are making money hand over fist mm-hmm. in small percentages because every time you swipe it, there's a transaction fee that that business pays mm-hmm. that they have, you know, like, and yeah, I get it. That's the service that they're providing. Mm-hmm. However, if we can find a way to provide our own services that give us a little more power control and put more money back in our pockets, that's not wrong yeah. on us to want that as people. Mm-hmm. And when that happens and it presents itself as an opportunity, like 
what the blockchain could hopefully become. Yeah. That's not wrong for us to want that either. And I think, you know, like the the big battle that is going to be fought is a war of information. It's going to be a war of a bunch of people who have really big megaphones. Going back to the megaphone analogy, Ugh. they have really big megaphones and they can reach a lot of people and they're going to be yelling, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to the dollar. Yeah. And then there's going to be a bunch of people going, that's a good thing. <laughs> and like everybody's going to be like, well, the dollar, don't mess with the dollar. Even though most people don't even have a dollar in their wallet anymore. They have an Amazon Prime card. That's a whole other conversation. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just say, let me just say, um, uh, something that's kind of, it's kind of hot. It's well, it's not a hot take. It's kind of a hot topic. It's more like a warm breeze. It's a warm breeze. Let, let me make sure I'm before I say this, I'm going to make that's sure I no say it right. By the way. Oh, I didn't, I don't know what that is. What's Oh, hello. <laughs> uh, it's the, Oh, hello. Uh, Nick Kroll and uh, John. Mulaney. Oh yeah. Yeah. They yeah, had yeah. a podcast and they were like, we're, we're not giving you hot takes. We're giving you warm breezes. <laughs> Uh okay, give me give me one second. See, I changed the melody so we can't get sued. Do you uh, see that? Do yeah. You see that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty good on that. That's what's called an interpolation. Okay. Change the melody. Okay. Okay, so what I wanted to say about the U.S. dollar, just if, if I didn't convince you about crypto yep. enough, and I will say crypto, like cryptocurrencies and that kind of thing are a libertarian's wet dream, yep. right? It, it is, you know, don't don't tread on me, that kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. shit. But yeah. if, if we're talking inflation, yep. there is a, a statistic that I've seen floating around yep. and validate me. I could be wrong. In 2020... Mm -hmm. 20% of all the money, all the USD ever printed in the history of the United States was printed in 2020. 20% of all the money ever. Huh? I don't know that, but yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. One fifth, almost a fifth of all US dollars were created in 2020. That is inflation. And they had, that to, is inflation. they had to just keep printing money in order to, I don't know, handle whatever crazy web of, you know, economic models and stat it just it's not only is that an outdated system it's wasteful and i think that's a big thing that's going to come up for the fed in the future and it might be an argument for regulating cryptocurrencies and creating a regulated blockchain is that it's less wasteful and more environmentally friendly and you'll see other realms of the government getting into that mm. you know you'll see like um the environmental you know the uh the environmental conservation you know, branches of the government saying, actually, we should have a cryptocurrency that's regular. You know, they'll all get on the same bill mm -hmm. because that's what happens in politics is people win other people over based on their vested interests. Sure. Right. Because that's what politics has become in a two party democratic system. Once yeah. again, a whole other conversation to unpack. But to push back on that a little yeah. bit, though, people uh, people argue that um, cryptocurrency is extremely wasteful. Why? In the to the environment because like so and this is I have a pushback on that like I have right, a counter yeah, yeah. to that argument but I yeah. need to first present that Wait, argument. How is it wasteful? I want to hear how a digital currency is wasteful. Because in order to operate the blockchain, uh -huh. you have 
um, miners, as I said, they're people, right? Miners are people who are validating the blockchain. Yep. What they do is they use computational energy, right? Computer energy to um, to validate transactions. And I basically, love where the straw man argument is going already. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I a, already hear the counterpoint. Yeah, it's a, it is a valid complaint because in there are consensus models. Uh huh. For different types, people are, right now we're in a we're in a space where people are trying a lot of different things, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the technology that is pervasive right now with things like Bitcoin is a consensus model called proof of work. Yeah. And so what that means is that miners have to actively solve giant mathematical equations in order to mine new Bitcoin and therefore validate transactions on the blockchain that's kind of this thing it's like they're literally picking away at this giant problem and every once in a while a bitcoin appears and 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 there's a limited number of them okay so that computational energy over the entirety of the blockchain is actually a lot of energy and in general that energy comes from non-renewable resources coal Mm -hmm. plants think about like just how do you run your home you know like It's electricity, but the electricity is generated well, so via coal plants and shit like that. One, so you're sidestepping into the realm of forward thinking where we're like, well, that's why we needed to solve our own energy crisis long ago. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, because this is actually, this would work better if we had put better systems in place already. So there's a misnomer out there now. <laughs> so there's there's FUD, fear, uncertainty, doubt. There is mi- a misnomer out there that Bitcoin and cryptocurrency are destroying the planet. That's that's how that's how the, this that is so stupid. <laughs> that is I, the dumbest thing I've ever heard. They're destroying the planet because you run your power on an outdated system that no one updated ding, beforehand. Ding, ding. Yeah, right. That's the dumbest argument. And by the way, like <laughs> banking, all of these gigantic mega, you know, megalopolises and, and the, you what write, do you think they have? What so do, what do you they run can on? Do your tap and pay. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's all it's all the same system. So yes, does it? it so it, it requires a lot. It requires a lot of energy. I'm gonna argue that it takes more energy to debunk shitty theories on the internet than it does to mine Bitcoin, because that's a lot of typing. It's that BS fallacy. <laughs> it's easy. It's a lot to, of comment sections. It's easy to say. I feel like the moon is made of cheese, and you go, well, actually, based on spectroscopic, you know, yeah, images yeah. of the moon, and we've been there. We know that you, in fact, can't eat the moon. It's not made of cheese, and then the the, the response is. No, still seems st- still, still thinking cheese. cheese. Yeah, still thinking cheese. I still see cheese. All of this is to say that the proof of work consensus model is yeah. one of many proposed models yeah. for validating blockchains, and then and there are and it's the one that's working right now. Sure. Yeah. And and, and the, so there's keywords right now. Right now. Yeah. And the conversation it's about not how like the Fed was invented when the dollar was invented. Remember, there's a whole section of history that deals with uh, the economic crises that happened. I think it was around Andrew Jackson's time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The what I'm trying to say that is that time. is that proof of work is on its way out. I'm just yeah. going to say it. Yeah. Proof of stake. Yep. is what Ethereum is about to move to. So we're going from POW to POS. Yeah. Okay. Piece of shit. Yeah. P- proof of stake 
uh, is much less energy intensive, things yeah. like that. But even the proof of work model, because people brought up, hey, it's not very good for the environment for us to be running all these computers. And you're talking giant mining farms that, yeah. are, that are using a lot of power. So people have started using renewable energy as the source for all of their proof of work. Which like, is great. Yeah, you've got these giant mining farms that are working on like solar power. And probably giving back to the power grid. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> so like... Well, then the big argument against solar power now is, but the batteries. The batteries. Oh, yeah, fucking yeah. God, yeah. Yeah, so let's just go back to fucking coal then. Let me let me put it this way. I've seen the backside of a power plant at a paper mill. I've seen one. I've actually oh, physically been there. Yeah. The fucking smell oh. is horrendous. Yes. There is no way that is good for anything. I've been it was the backside of the paper mill, um, up up north there was there's i don't know if i can mention it because i yeah. i had to sign in to do work there uh, this is okay. when i was working in overhead doors yeah, yeah yeah whoever thought that that experience would lend any sort of like information like that but we were on the backside of their power plant we had to go fix a slat in one of their roll-up doors um which means we had to remove it mm -hmm. drop half the door and then lift it up and reconnect it so a lot of manual labor sure. for a place that probably should be pretty updated and automatic <laughs> these days but whatever uh and i went back there and the sludge and the waste and like just the destroyed earth that exists on that side of that plant mm. i would like on the side of a plant that already is just like ripping and shredding trees and pulping things and using crazy amounts of energy to do that very thing so it could send out tons and tons and tons of paper yeah what um, do you what do they run on in terms of power does it seem like just uh they have a power plant so it must be like some combination of water and or coal okay yeah um you know i'm sure that there's a part of the plant where like they would highlight that in a video and go look we're burning the trees that we shredded so that there's power here and like anybody who knows anything about power would be like, that's point zero 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 three percent And you just probably building that negated its effectiveness for the next 50 years. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. you know, other people would then see that and they go, see, they're recycling. And like, it's like, okay. <laughs> I feel like a lot of my reaction to people who don't do research and then pretend to be an expert these days is, okay. I just say K now. But anyway, they, it's bad. Yeah. It's bad. Like, it's, it's really bad, bad. And it smells like yeah, it's paper one of the worst smells gross. I've ever smelled in my entire life. When I, I go to out of the truck and was like, oh, like when I go to Charleston for work, yeah. uh, the, usually if, if we stay on the other side of um, the, you know, the, Charleston's got this giant bridge and the bridge yeah, yeah. connects, you know, the the main peninsula of Charleston with the one adjacent to it. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes we stay over in the adjacent peninsula or whatever you call it. And when you're going over the bridge, there's a giant paper mill kind of like a, a couple miles off to the side. And yep. boy, does that motherfucker smell, oh, they smell bad. so bad. Yeah. I had to fix a lot of doors at that mill. Mm -hmm. And so I got to see a lot of the processes and there were machines that were running that had nothing going through them. Mm -hmm. Like they were, I, they're just running. They were just running. Gross. And I was like, what the F is going on yeah. here? Waste. Yeah. Full. Ridiculous. Anyway. Yeah. So, so I don't know. So, so I went all over the place with crypto because it's, you know, it's something that I'm really interested in. I'm learning how I'm to, glad we got to talk about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm learning how to, create applications on the blockchain we're going to talk about it more i think you we, and me yeah be, oh yeah, yeah we definitely should we're going to go always, make an nft right now <laughs> we could yeah and then we're going to copy and paste it and tell people we've generated value oh god <laughs>
Don't do that. No. Nobody no, should do that. Um, Matt, what's your jam this week? Uh, hmm. American football. Ooh. It's fall. A classic. It's fall. Yeah. You're Almost. getting into the sad boy music now. Yeah, I love it. Who's the sad boy? Ah, oh, dude. Yeah. yeah. American football, Bony Bear. Uh, I even pulled up. What did I listen to last night? And I was like, whoa, throwback. Um, what the fuck is it? I don't know. Yeah, American football, Bony Bear, mm-hmm. and that's about it. I've I've got a really <laughs> probably the just look at the art for this already the most hipster answer I could oh, give. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> right now, uh, I dude, I've been loving the song though. Indecisive by uh, Ben Bial, Elijah Who, and Haji Gaviota. Elijah who <laughs> and Haji Gaviota. I, I actually I found this because of Discord. Um, there's the Pigeons and Planes. Discord I know Pigeons. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're the hip hop. Oh, thing. they have a friggin' Discord. Yeah, they have a Discord. I've got to. I, be be, a part I of that. got in it like day one. Was yeah. like, yes, please. Pigeons and Planes. Um, Haji Gaviota was. He's in the Discord, and so a lot of times his new stuff that comes out, he'll throw in the discord because that's his advertising that's part of it right mm-hmm. and he's blown up this year he's done a lot of really cool stuff mm. um and that's just that song's dope indecisive is really really good uh yeah that's cool. what i got man that's my job. that and i actually on the way here was listening to marketing over coffee i don't know if you've ever listened to that no that's dude it's one of my favorite podcasts so it's a it's marketing really podcast and they drink coffee i yeah that's that sounds right up our alley. I love coffee, and I typed marketing into uh, Spotify looking for podcasts mm-hmm. so I could listen to a marketing podcast, yeah. and marketing over coffee came up, and I was like, yes, please. Done. <laughs> yep. <laughs> We're in on that, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What are you doing uh, the rest of the weekend? Uh, I have to finish the the office. We, we put in, we ripped up the carpet, we put in new flooring, and we put up uh, uh, an accent wall. Nice. And I just had to, I, I had to, you know, finish the molding, attach cord around to seal it off. Yep. Um, so I have to finish doing that because it's very, I don't, I don't have, um, what do you call it? A nail gun. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm doing it by hand. Oh. And, you know, if you hit, you know, how, like if you hit a nail the wrong way, you bend it and then you're mm-hmm. fucking mad and then you got to pull it out and try again. Mm-hmm. Um, that's me just oh. swearing. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh. We'll get it done. Dude, just. Call up like one of our buddies who likely knows someone or has a nail gun. Yeah, I don't know who that'd be. We'll figure it out. 